The title and the family theme of our lesson today is Faith Chooses to Obey. Our objective is that you and I as children of God would choose to obey God when our faith faith is tested. We'll be in Genesis chapter 22. We have two key truths. Number one, believers' faith will be tested. Is that true or false? It's true. Not if, but when, and it will happen. Second of all, God will provide what we need whenever we trust and obey Him. Do we have a connect, Jason, that I sent you this morning? What does it mean to be tested? That's the question. What does it mean to be tested? Okay. How strong your faith is. Anybody else? If you were going to buy a product that you were going to depend on, would you hope that somebody tested it before you bought it? Why is that? Yeah, at least you want some confidence it's going to work. And so the bottom line is our faith is going to be tested. And the truth of the matter is when things are going well, no you know, adversity, it's easy to talk about faith. But real faith comes into play when things are not so easy, when things are tough. And so, yes, there will be times when God will test our faith. Sometimes it's with uh, difficulties. Sometimes tough times will happen. But it happens to all of God's children. So today we're going to look at how God tested Abraham's faith and how Abraham responded. Now, most of us know the story of Abraham and how God had promised uh, him and uh, back then her name was Sarai. His was Abram, but same people. And God had promised him a son. And you remember, do you remember about how old Abraham and Sarah was when God made that promise? Yeah, about 70 years old and in that area. And uh, if you're 70 years old and God makes you a promise, what are you thinking? You better hurry. That's right, because time is quickly getting away. Well, about 25 years have gone by since that promise was given. Now, again, it wasn't 25 years before, um, yeah, I guess it was, when, when, when Isaac was born, about 25 years or so later, uh, because they were about 100 years old whenever Isaac was born. So anyway, they waited that many years, and now God puts Abraham's faith to the test. And he asked Abraham to offer that promised son, Isaac, as a sacrifice. And today we're going to see how Abraham responded and how he could be an example for us. Our first key truth is that our faith will be tested. Let's read the first ten verses, Genesis 22.
Okay, thank you, Dan. Now, first of all, and I want to have some input here in just a moment. <clears throat> uh, the King James says that God did tempt Abraham. Uh, the Hebrew word there means to prove or to test. And so be careful how we think about this word. Uh, certainly it was a test for Abraham. It was to prove Abraham. But my question would be, was this test, this trial, was it for God's benefit or for Abraham's benefit? What do you think? You think it's for Abraham's benefit? Okay, somebody else. We're gonna and we'll come back to that in a minute. Anybody? Any other thought? Was it for God's benefit or Abraham's benefit? I think the clue, conclusion has to be, Wayne. It is for God, not not for God's. It's got to be for Abraham. But what does God benefit from? Nothing. Why? Yeah, He has it all anyway. So, what does God know? Everything. What does He know about Abraham? Everything, that's right. Now, we know about Abraham because we read it. So this was a test, not for God's benefit, but for Abraham's benefit. Now, let's kind of walk our way through this text this morning. And uh, what are some of the things that you notice that maybe caught your attention? That's amazing, isn't it? Now, remember, what was God asking him to do? Yeah, his only son, the one he waited for. Okay, somebody else. What what else are we seeing here? Like, Dan, you're right. Uh, From what I read, it was the next morning. (laughs) Now, I, I agree, Wayne, but why do you say that? Yeah, and Wayne, I think, you know, do I want to do this? Do I want to carry it out? And every step that had to be on his mind. Now, um, I have a, uh, one of the Bibles I have on my computer, it's called the literal translation. And, of course, it's in English, but it gives a literal translation of it. And uh, when God told Abraham to go in verse 2, the Hebrew ads go by yourself. Think about that. And what did Abraham do? He went by himself. So three days go by, and he sees the land of Moriah. He's still a little, little distant from it. And then in verse 5, what's he tell these? Servants to the young man. Yeah, stay here. Now, it's also interesting here. This was a God-ordained test. And Abraham told those young men, stay here. 
And he says that me and the boy will go and we'll worship and we will come back. What kind of statement is that? Did Abraham not understand what God was asking him to do? Yes. Now remember, back in chapter 12, God had asked Abraham to leave his family to go to a land. I'll tell you, when you get there, you're there. And God said, I will bless you. And that was, would you agree, that's asking quite a bit of somebody when they're 70 years old? But, again, God's promise was, say it again. Yeah, I'll take care of you. I will take care of you. Yeah, that's good. That's a good way to summarize it. So my question is, when God makes a promise, when does that promise change? Never does. So now, and again, you know, we're not sure exactly how old Isaac was, uh, and we'll talk more about that in a moment, some, some clues we have in our text. But now God says, take your only son. Think about that. Now, we know Ishmael was also his son, but God was clear about which one to take. Would you agree that God was asking a great thing about Abraham? Sure. But both times came with a wonderful promise, a promise of blessing. Verse 6 tells us that for whatever reason, they didn't use the donkeys from that point on. Abraham had already split the wood the day before they left. So, according to uh, verse 6, who carried the wood up the mountain? Isaac did. So, that, I think that gives a little bit, a little bit of indication that Isaac wasn't three years old. Would you agree with that? Well, I mean, what are we thinking here? Yeah, 12, 13, 14, 15, maybe even much as 17 years. He was old enough, big enough to carry that wood. So, Isaac carrying the wood. His dad has fire and the knife. And what what would the fire knife be used for? For their sacrifice. Yes. 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 Well, probably God had whispered in Abraham's ear, here's what I'm going to do. He didn't know. He, had, he didn't know how. He didn't understand it. But he knew God would. In fact, Hebrews, the 11th chapter, gives us an example, I mean, an insight here. 
Abraham believed if he killed Isaac, God would raise him up. And he told those guys, we will return. And Pam, you're right. It wasn't just a slip of the tongue. I don't know how. <laughs> I mean, right now, you talk about that walk, three days walk. You think of any laughing? It was a grim walk. Every step. And I don't know for sure, but I think we will. I'm not wrong here. I think it was going over and over to Abraham's mind. What's going to happen here? I mean, Lord, uh, Abraham probably took his Bible and read chapter 12 to God. You know he didn't, but you know what I mean. Reminding God, Lord, you said this. You promised me that my son would bless the world. And, and Lord, now you're asking me to go to that mountain. But again, Dan, I like what you said. When did Abraham go? The next morning. Yeah, immediately. He didn't dilly-dally around. He didn't <laughs> didn't wait. <laughs> so anyway, they're traveling up this mountain. And and we know Isaac was not just a little baby, infant, toddler. He was old enough to realize there's something going on here. Because he realized, he said, you know, I've got the wood. you got the knife and the fire. What else do we need? We need a sacrifice. We need a sacrifice. In fact... In verse 7, Isaac asked a question that the Jews would ask for many, many years. Where is the lamb? In Exodus chapter 12, God institutes the feast of the Passover. And every year, they had to look for the lamb. From generation to generation to generation. Until we get to John chapter 1. And John the Baptist says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Isaac said, Dad, I see the fire and I see the knife. I'm carrying the wood. But where is the Lamb for the burnt offering? What's Abraham say in verse 8? God will provide. <laughs> and then Moses adds to this, so they went both of them together. Was Isaac's question justified? Absolutely it was. We're going to sacrifice. We need a lamb. Verse 9 says they finally came to the place. And God told Abraham, this is it. 
So Isaac watches his dad. What's Abraham doing? What's he build first? Yeah. But it says he bound Isaac. His son. What does that mean? He tied him up. Yeah, and I, I don't. I got to tell you, folks. I don't. I don't understand that. I mean, I, I mean, for the life of me, I don't understand it. Now, a couple of things we need to point out here. Evidently, Isaac was old enough to know about sacrificing. He recognized what you needed, and he also saw what was missing. And that's why he asked that question, you know, where's the lamb? And Abraham said God will provide himself a lamb. But Lord, forgive me. If I'm Isaac... I'm making a beeline down that mountain. I mean, you come on, God. You told Abram, you told Dad to go by himself. Here he is. But from what I see here, Isaac didn't put up a fight. And he probably could have. What does it say about Isaac and his dad, the relationship they had? Yeah, very close. Somehow, in some way, Abraham's obedience through the years and his faith through the years had rubbed off on Isaac. And Wayne, you mentioned about that journey. And uh, every from step, the first step, was difficult for Abraham as he let that you know kind of go through his mind what was going to happen. <clears throat> but not so for Isaac. It was it was you know a little bit into the journey when he realized, hey, we're missing something here. And then he began to think about what's going on here. But then when he sees his dad get all the wood ready and he lets his dad tie him up. And not just tie him out. What did, what's he do with Isaac, according to verse 9? He laid him on that wood pile. Laid him on the altar of wood. Wow. What's the next thing Abraham does in verse 10? He takes his, that knife and, and what's he going to do with it? He's going to sacrifice his son. Wow, I, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not sure I could do that. I'm not sure I could do that. So what's the point? 
I think several things are clear from this. And when you were right, this was not for God's benefit, it was for Abraham's benefit. God knew exactly what Abraham would do. And so, this was going to help Abraham grow in his faith, but also set the benchmark for faith. And from that point on, I mean, throughout church history, we remember Abraham as a man of what? Man of faith. I mean, that's the goal you want to reach. Abraham has set the bar. He is the best example of faith. And we can't negate or ignore the impression of Abraham's faith, but it left on Isaac. My dad was willing to do it. Now, let's be honest. If we are a parent, if that's our child, what God is asking is inconceivable. It is flat out inconceivable. And certainly from the perspective of the child, it appears to be so cruel. But we have to remember something here. Who knew how it was going to turn out? God did. God knew exactly how it was going to turn out. And he knew that that act is going to set that bar for faith. And my friend, that benchmark still shines today. Abraham's faith in God. Now, by the way, God was not an advocate of child sacrifice. Anytime the Bible mentions child sacrifice, it's always used uh, in a negative way, also uh, in conjunction with worship of false gods, but also uh, we were told in the Old Testament it was disobedience to the God of Israel. God said, don't do this. So God is not advocating child sacrifice. He never did, never will. And again, another important point is, this was a test of Abraham and his faith. It never had anything to do with actually going through the sacrifice of Isaac. But the whole thing was, Abraham, are you willing to do what I ask you? Now, God knew he was, but guess what Abraham needed to know? He needed to know that he was willing to do what God asked him. So it's for that point as well.
God said, Abraham, I want you to go. Abraham said, here am I. And he went. So what do you think? What do you think about this? I don't think I could have been there. Yeah. Because my friend, that takes a lot of faith. (laughs) Isn't that true? I mean, I don't know about you, but in my life, there's been times when I worried where the rent money was going to come from. Or this or that. Times I doubted God. And Nick, and get this. Here in Genesis 22, we look at Abraham's life, and you get to verse 10, the test is over. Abraham's faith in God, and hear me well, it took Abraham to a place he didn't want to go. But not only that, his faith took him to something he didn't want to do. But he still trusted God. Absolutely. It doesn't say, but I had to believe. (laughs) Because you have to know Sarah was a godly woman too. In fact, in Peter, Peter gave the example of her, how she was adorned in godliness. And apparently, you're right, we don't know for sure, but tr- certainly Abraham had to tell Sarah. Maybe not, maybe, maybe, but either way. Abraham was the man at home he should have been. Even if Sarah didn't understand, she could trust in her husband who trusted God. Now, was Abraham and Sarah perfect? No. Mike, can you imagine what a test that was for them? So the way of application, don't be surprised whenever our faith is tested. And we ought to pray that the Lord would help us to see difficult times, difficult commands as an opportunity to please God and to grow our faith. So the key is to trust God's word and obey his instructions. Not just part of them, but all of his instructions. We have several discussion questions. Let me, just, let me ask at least one. 
When do you find it most difficult to trust and obey God? Yeah. When it's the darkest. Somebody else. Absolutely, yeah. Dan? Yes. I think maybe a key thing to help us understand, Dan, which is which. God will never test you with evil. Ever. James says that God cannot be tested with evil, neither will he test any man with evil. Well, I, I I don't know that I would necessarily see it that way, Dan, because in Abraham's case, case, when we can see it here, he had confidence in God. You know, he had confidence in God. Did he understand it? No. Did it appear evil? Sure. But he still had that confidence in God. Now, one thing the study guy pointed out I didn't mention, as we get to the place where they get to the mountain, it's almost like it's in slow motion. You know, Abraham builds the altar, prepares that, ties up Isaac, puts him on that wood. And he's, in his mind, Abraham's going to have to you know, slay his son. And that's tough. It is tough. Has there ever been a time when God asked you to do something that didn't make sense? Say it again. Yeah, by faith we got to do it. I, I don't know that I remember where I felt like God had particularly asked me to do something. But I look back on my life and I see the different times in my life the hand of God was there. Um, we, we lost our first baby. And uh, it was tough. Tougher on Pam than it was me at the time. Uh, she carried a baby for several months, and we weren't Christians, and we would go to church with my grandpa, with my grandmother, quite a bit. And uh, but we knew we were lost. So anyway, we decided to move back to Ohio, and uh, a little church, just a little white building, grab a parking lot. And one year, my we were up here with my grandmother, and she she wanted to go to church. It was Easter Sunday. I didn't care less about going. So I brought her up here, dropped her off. And when we got ready to leave for the last time, to come up here, and she said, son, that little church right down from your mom and dad's, at least try to go there. I see the hand of God in all that now. I never dreamed what God would do 
And then when our last pastor resigned, I saw God work in my life like I've never seen him work before. Because being a pastor was not, was not something I desired to do. Uh, I didn't want to. I had worked beside three pastors. And as a deacon, and I, I, I was with them when they cried and how they hurt. And the love they had for God's people and how they would be broken at times. And I thought, Lord, I can't deal with that. But Brother Dan, you're right. When God asks you, when God puts it on your heart, you got to move by faith. And I want to tell you something, folks. God's way is always the best way. And I'm still learning that. So number one, our faith is going to be tested. Number two, God provides what we need. Not what we want, but what we need when we trust and obey Him. Anybody want to read verse 11 through 19? And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the sea, sure. And the seed, and thy seed shall possess, possess the gate of the enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned unto his young men, and they rose up and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. By the way, I forgot to mention, we talked about the three-day journey. From Beersheba to the Moriah was 50 miles. Quite a journey. But anyway, Abraham's got that knife drawn, getting ready to plunge it into Isaac. And what's he hear? What God say? Stop. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't even touch him. How many know that God never intended for him to touch him? Never. But Abraham looked behind him. What do you see? A 
a ram caught in the bushes. One of the options I could have used for a connect today was a, a, a little short film clip. And it showed some, I think some dancers or some kind of, some were dressed in white, some in black. And I forget what they were doing back and forth to each other. And the question was, how many times did the white ones do this and the white gown, or how many times did the black gown? <laughs> and you're watching this short video, and you're trying to keep track of this. <clears throat> but what you don't notice, because then it tells you at the end, did you notice the bear in the video doing the moonwalk? And you didn't. Why? Yeah, you weren't looking for the bear. And my point, my opinion is that that ram was already there. Why didn't Abraham see it? He wasn't looking. Now, that's just opinion. I can't say, you know, nail that down. But that ram was caught in that thick. And the Bible says that Abraham called that place Jehovah-Jireh. And it means literally the Lord will provide and see. Did the Lord see what was going on? Did he provide? He's Jehovah-Jireh God. And, you know, I don't know how many times I've read this, I've preached from it, we've taught it in Sunday school, you know, over and over again. And I always get caught up on the, on the God speaking to Abraham, you know, don't, don't, don't kill Isaac. But I forget that God called a second time to speak to Abraham. And he says, Abraham, because you are faithful. Now, by the way, God already knew this, but he wanted Abraham to know it. He wanted Abraham to know he could pull this off. He wanted Abraham to know for sure that whatever God asked him, he would do. And God said, because you are willing to do this, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply your seed. Not only will they be as much as the stars of the heaven, but also as much as the sand Upon the seashore. What a promise. What a promise that God made Abraham. And he says, Abraham, because of your seed, singular, because of your seed, every nation of earth will be blessed because you obeyed my voice. You obeyed. My voice. Isaac said earlier, Dad, where's the sacrifice? What did Abraham say? God will provide. What did God do? He provided. God provided that sacrifice. Now, by the way, Isaac is considered a type of Christ. Mount Moriah is the place where Solomon would build the temple. Calvary was in the same general area. And we don't know the exact place, but the area was where sacrifice would be made later on. And the area where Jesus, the Lamb of God, was sacrificed for our sins. 
the birth of Isaac was promised. How about the birth of Christ? It was promised. Isaac carried the wood up the mountain. What did Jesus do? He carried the cross. What was it made out of? Out of wood. We mentioned earlier that, according to Hebrews, Abraham believed that God would raise Isaac from the dead if he had to sacrifice him. What did Jesus know if he died? God would raise him from the dead. So about 4,000 years ago, give or take, I don't have the exact dates, God led Abraham up a mountain with Isaac. When Isaac laid there on that altar and Abraham raised that knife, metaphorically, God reached down and stopped his hand. Abraham, don't do it. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ carried that cross up Mount Calvary. And this time, God did not intervene to stop it. Because Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. And because of that sacrifice, thank God, we can be redeemed from our sins. The ram was a substitute for Isaac. Jesus is our substitute. He died in our place. Oh, what a Savior. What a Savior. Let's apply it. And i got to tell you, this is easy for me to say. Tough to do. Hold nothing back from God. Nothing. Step out in faith. Trust and obey. Even when we don't fully understand what God is doing. And certainly give God thanks for providing a substitute for us. Jesus Christ, our Lord. We've got time for at least one question. Do you think Abraham learned anything from what happened? You what now? Do you think that Abraham learned anything from this event? Amen. Okay. Say it again. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And I'll tell you something, folks. Abraham never forgot. It proved to Abraham that God is faithful. That we can trust God to keep his word. And by the way, how much property did Abraham ever own while he owned this world? None. 
You know why? He was looking for a city. <laughs> because he realized that in this world he had no permanent place. So he was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. And Abraham never never forgot. Well, Lord willing, next week we're going to move on in the book of Genesis. We're going to be in chapters 25 all the way through 35 with selected scripture. But we're going to look at the life of Jacob. And uh, Jacob is also difficult to understand. How in the world he could be one of the patriarchs, but he is. Aren't you glad for God's grace? Let's stand together. Thank you for coming today, by the way. Father, we're so grateful this morning for who you are. And Father, we realize that Abraham has set the bar high. He's the benchmark of faith. And Lord, I confess I need your help in that area. I pray, God, that I would learn to trust and obey you no matter what you ask. But I need your grace. I love you so much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you.